I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach, and today we're going to be deep diving into the world of tinnitus. Now it's Tinnitus Awareness Month, and this is something that plagues. millions of people around the world especially in india i speak to so many friends who talk about this i possibly have it i know the show's producer definitely has proven so today we're going to be deep diving into understanding what tinnitus is and we have a fantastic guest with us dr vijay to discuss this with us dr vijay thank you so much for joining us on the habit coach podcast it's my pleasure thank you for having me dr vijay can you tell us a little bit about yourself yeah so i'm dr vijay rangachari I'm a consultant in the department of ENT and head and neck surgery at Manipal Hospitals placed at Whitefield in ITPL Road in Bangalore. So my special interest is a bit of uh, you know inner ear and uh, hearing issues and the complications coming along with that. So tinnitus comes one of those uh, range of topics. So we will be happy to share some of our domain expertise with you. Amazing. Doctor, what is tinnitus? Yes, so tinnitus is uh, like uh, an often self-diagnosed disease. Like people, or I would say, patients come to us say, "Doctor, I have tinnitus." So tinnitus is not the disease. Tinnitus is just a manifestation. It's a symptom, what we call as a phantom noise in the ears. Sometimes it's of a whooshing type. Sometimes it's of a beating type. Sometimes a rustling type. So different kinds of noises which are not real, but yes. they are produced or rather they are felt by the patient and when they come to us it can be very mild it can be very distressing that the bottom line is there is an undesirable noise which is present in the ears the unfortunate part about that is we can't quantify it we can't you know diagnose it it's only the patient who says and we have to go by their words i have a sound i have tinnitus and i give him something or some prescription tomorrow he says i don't have it so i have to believe only the patient's versions there is no way i can objectively find out if he really has it unless it's really loud which may be in some cases of course so basically coming back to the bottom line tinnitus is a phantom noise which may be felt in the ears sometimes in the head sometimes in the brain which is quite disturbing sometimes it picks up in the early stages sometimes it's ignored for some time and then the patient comes to us with a terribly disturbing and you know a sleep disturbing kind of a sound which is again a different range of tinnitus so it's just a noise it's a noise in the ears or the head so that's interesting it's a symptom like probably like a fever is a symptom of something else that is happening yes, in the body absolutely. but a fever absolutely. you can measure this you can't measure is that what it is yes yes we can neither measure nor we can be sure if it's hmm. really there or it's not there at all no we have to totally trust the patient's description as well as the patient's description of it getting better or getting worse or getting cured so interesting so does this borderline between a physical ailment and a mental ailment is it no, how would you no i won't say that way it is hmm. again i told you it's a manifestation. manifestation so it has mostly an organic basis which means there is some underlying cause and it may be due to different reasons so it is definitely a physical manifestation but yes if somebody is getting overstressed about it getting paranoid 
then it may border to a mental ailment also how we manage it so that also there are two dimensions to managing it when we'll come to that i'll discuss about that as well interesting and how does this start what is there a trigger to this are people born with this when does this manifest okay so to understand we have to first understand what is the reason so there can be many reasons for this which may start from some kind of an obstruction so to uh, discuss tinnitus you have to first localize so the localization has to be in the organ so why does the patient with tinnitus come to us why doesn't he go to a heart specialist why doesn't he go to a you know orthopedic surgeon so the problem is felt in the ear so naturally the person seeks attention from a ear specialist thinking something is wrong with my ear or something is wrong with my head or that part of the head from where the ear is attached so it is an organ specific thing and basic and most common reason we see is some kind of disturbance in the hearing of the person this is the commonest reason now coming from the pandemic time let me take you through there this era so people who have been into lot of work from home i'm talking about the simple let's go from simple to complex so the right. simplest reasons which we have encountered in the last 2 years online school plus work from home this combo has been you know uniformly disturbing for adults as well as children and what i have found is that prolonged use of headphones you know something which is the commonest and most easily decipherable cause has led to so much of noise trauma trauma to the ears so somewhere what happens your brain is used to sound inputs from the ear through the nerves and what is happening when there is some kind of an excess sound or an acoustic trauma or a prolonged trauma or a long duration of uh, music or maybe calls at high volumes what is happening that some kind of your fine hearing fibers start to get damaged so that kind of a disequilibrium or a loss of equal amount of sound signals from one part of the ear to the brain and there is a difference in the other side suppose you've got one sided ringing sound or tinnitus what is the reason the first thing i would look into is yes you have been using some kind of headphones or music or very loud volume audio devices be it a school program or a school online course or office work so you have been subjected to some kind of an acoustic trauma when this acoustic trauma reaches a limit beyond which the ear can't tolerate see every organ has a capacity to withstand to some extent and when you traumatize it beyond that point we end up in some kind of damage but the ear is such a fine organ such a fine organ that the microscopic levels of damage which can't be detected by any method will be manifested as a ringing sound so that is the earliest sign of some kind of a minor assault or a minor trauma to your hearing fibers and this is because of the headphones that we wear is it different for people who wear those big headphones are there any better options because it seems like this working from home is going to be around for a while for us yeah. yes yes so since this is the commonest mechanism of damage we find that you know using headphones as well as earphones or what you call inside the ear ear pods Correct. so both are equally responsible to some extent in my experience headphones because they completely isolate you and you are not aware of the amount of loudness to which you are subjecting yourself so that along with that i also think it's also because of the duration 
So the duration, the long duration, hours together every day, continuously your ear is subjected to acoustic trauma and you are definitely ending up with some amount of damage in your hearing fibers. And you say something like to uh, make things easy for our layman patient. I say it's like you know, the crying of an injured organ. So that's what you perceive as a tinnitus. So this is the commonest reason which we find in common people. So which is mostly you know, causing due to prolonged sound uh, usage. And apart from this kind of chronic, as in like, uh, that takes a while to happen, can it also happen because of accidents, because of loud noises? How? What are the other ways in Yes, so which... the same principle, if it happens over a prolonged period, maybe it has been for six months or say one year. That is one category. Second, doctor, I went for Diwali, one cracker burst near my ear. So that fills up the other side. Why did it happen? Only on the left ear because there was an atom bomb which burst near my left ear. And from the time I've been ringing these sounds. So often this is other type of tinnitus, which is a sudden trauma or you have some kind of a, a altitude difference. Suppose you have done a bungee jumping and suddenly there's been a rupture in your eardrum or there's been an increased pressure in your eardrum. So some fluid accumulates and these are the causes for sudden ringing sounds. And of course, another very commonly missed one is a sudden hearing loss. So what happens in some people who get something like a viral attack in the ear? So the hearing nerve gets badly traumatized and there is a total disruption of hearing to the extent of going to 80 to 90 percent in a single day. Often people miss it and we feel sad that no, the other ear has been given by God to compensate, but sometimes you don't realize that one is out of order because the other one is working well and your work mm. is going on. So what happens then? The sudden trauma leads to a sudden kind of a dead ear almost. A dead ear and you realize it a little later and then it's difficult to treat. So it's always better when you find some kind of a disequilibrium or a sudden loss of hearing on one side before it goes into the stage that you start hearing ringing sounds, you should pick it up. Now, there are also some simple causes like, you know, wax accumulation in the ears, which prevents the normal smooth flow of sound to the eardrum and to the hearing now because of the physical obstruction. Those can be a very, very simple causes in elderly people sometimes. Sometimes people who have the habit of picking the ears too much or those who are using too much of ear pods or too much of... Uh, no headphones, they push the wax inside and it gets blocked on the eardrum. So the normal passage of sound, when it is not reaching your inner ear, you get these kind of abnormal whooshy sounds or some disturbances or some rustling sounds in the ears, which are very mild, but that can be another pointer. So essentially we need to check the ear, starting from the outer ear, the middle ear and the inner ear and try to figure out where the problem lies. So that is the physical treatment for the way that you would start thinking about it but you know yes. you described my situation perfectly to a t diwali firecracker went off and ever since then okay. there's that wee, 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 that's been happening in my ear uh, possible yes it's a correct so from, from that point on and in your case i may also uh, know understand it could be because of prolonged usage of headphones for recording purposes or other professional reasons you may be Correct. subjected to some kind of a noise trauma, which leads to slow, you know, maybe microscopic or sub-microscopic, very minute uh, hearing changes, which then manifest as some kind of a ringing sounds. Because as I told you, when one side is 
have a little trauma the other side is slightly better what happens the brain gets unequal inputs from both sides when there are unequal inputs then the brain starts getting confused and it starts generating its own noises so sometimes people start feeling a noise in the head so that is another type of tinnitus so basically it is just a phantom noise which is due to some disturbance in the equilibrium of your hearing apparatus which is the commonest cause this is so interesting because i can imagine going and telling like my parents or telling a family member that this is happening and they'll be like like but like show me proof like how how do i know that this is because that's the way that you you know as family it's very difficult to prove you have to just believe the person and assume he's honest with his symptoms yeah absolutely before going ahead we'll take a quick break all right we are back doctor in your experience when somebody comes with tinnitus what is the way that you would you know suggest treatment or what is the procedure that you would ask yes. this person to do so we will have to first go into a very important and detailed uh, history taking so as i have taken you through what are the preceding events was there any acoustic trauma is there an occupational history of usage of prolonged you know headphones or prolonged uh, music uh, listening due to is a personal reasons or professional commitments is there any history of any drug usage some of the medications have prone to like streptomycin and other you know canamycin and all those mycin group of drugs which are called as aminoglycosides these are prone to cause some kind of hearing usage in kidney infections they are used as injections for long time so if there is any history of drug intake or any prolonged antibiotic usage some anti malarials like quinine they are prone to cause these kind of ringing sounds so is there any history of drug intake previous illness so these are the common things which we ask in the history once we are able to somewhat narrow the reason sometimes removing the offending agent or the drug can cause some improvement in the problem so once all this is cleared then we will have to go for an examination which is the essential crux of the matter so we go for an examination of the ear starting from the outer ear to the middle ear the eardrum beyond that you can't see with your eyes with your equipment we can see up to the eardrum if that looks something towards a pointer like we have a say a wax or some fluid we are able to see we try to treat that and try to see if we can solve the problem now beyond that what happens uh, once you see most common presentation which we see is everything looks normal there is nothing in the ear you just see a normal eardrum and the patient is saying oh no 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 non stop sounds in my ear so we will have to go to the next stage which is assessment of the inner ear so the inner ear is the most important and the most complex organ because it houses both hearing and balance the balance and hearing nerves are like twins they both come together from the brain stem and enter the inner ear and they stay there packaged together and that's why they are like very good neighbors often you have hearing and uh, you know ringing sounds you also have other symptoms like giddiness so that is another step deeper into the problem if you are having you know something associated symptom like a giddiness along with your uh, ringing sounds so that takes you into the next 
step of assessment and we start usually with a very simple test which is called as an audiogram an audiogram helps you to understand the hearing fibers and the hearing status and compare both the good ear and the bad ear sometimes you have equal ringing sounds on both sides so it helps to match and understand yes there has been some acoustic trauma some hearing damage in both the ear fibers so if it is uniform on both sides Usually it is a pointer towards acoustic trauma, especially in your higher frequencies, which get damaged first. That's why when you're conversing, our speech frequencies are between 500 to 2000 Hertz. So we don't find that we are finding any difficulty in communication. Like, okay, I'm hearing fine. Why are you doing a hearing test for me? That will be the usual query of the patient. So we have to explain to them that usually it is the higher frequencies which get affected. They are the more delicate fibers and those fibers then start generating these noises because of lack of normal sound signals which lead to deficiency in the brain's understanding and leads to abnormal sounds. So this is the way we take them through. And the uh, audiogram usually gives some amount of a clue. We call it as a pure tone audiogram done by giving some kind of a sound stimulation of different frequencies from a computer software by putting headphones in a soundproof acoustic room. And that gives us a graph which compares the right and left and gives us some kind of an information understand how the inner ear is functioning now if that is also clear then uh, we see okay audiogram also has nothing to offer it looks completely normal then what else do you do we go to the next level of uh, investigation which is an mri of the brain and the hearing nerves which is the vestibular and the cochlear nerves which show if there are any swellings or any rare causes like tumors in the hearing nerve, which are usually very uncommon. But it's not that we don't see them at all. Sometimes that's what I was telling you, that there is a possibility of a coexistence of a giddiness or an imbalance along with ringing sounds. That's the case when you expect something more happening in the ear, like some tumors in the hearing nerve or the auditory or the vestibular, the balance organs where you find those contributing as tinnitus may have a deeper and more sinister story to it. So the tumor might be actually pressing on both these nerves and yes. as a result, so both of them you are may have affected. a combination of both, a hearing loss, a hearing uh, sound, an abnormal tinnitus, a bit of swaying starts, then the person gets really alerted, oh, I'm not able to balance myself. Is something really dangerous i was just thinking some water is there in my ear let's just ignore it for some time and maybe it'll get all right on its own and it drags on for years sometimes they just don't find the time or don't find the you know, right person to go and discuss it with and often it gets ignored and sometimes we do find not very common but definitely we keep it in the back of the mind that there are some changes in your auditory or hearing nerves so this is the neural part now the other part is the vascular part vascular part when i say it means something to do with the blood circulation so the blood circulation which is very complex starting from the heart and going towards the brain it goes en route through the ear and the hearing part and the back of your neck so sometimes there are some kind of a swellings either it can be both extreme there can be some swelling or some kind of a disturbance in your vertebral system or the carotid system sometimes there can be a blockage also something like plaques how you get in you know cholesterol plaques and you get atherosclerotic plaques so we try to investigate that aspect as well by doing what we call as a simple one which is a uh, vertebral uh, uh, basilar this ultrasound so an ultrasound 
blood flow or a doppler ultrasound helps us to understand the blood circulation if the blood flow from the heart through the vertebral and carotid system which is going to the brain has got some narrowing or some obstruction or some excess flow so these are the other causes for tinnitus which may be manifested in a different way they may be more of a whoosh or a pulsating sound sometimes we get a very classical description that we have something like a sound coinciding with my heartbeat i feel mm -hmm. one heartbeat here and one sound here or they are coexisting at the same time in that case we always think this is another possibility that there is a heart related problem or a blood circulation related problem which can be detected by doing a ultrasound doppler of the vertebral and carotid system to go still further if you want to go uh, more detail into this we also suggest a mri with an angiogram so the dye is injected during the mri it flows through all the blood vessels in your neck and your brain and see if there is any narrowing so it can be either a narrowing or it can also be an excess flow or something like a aneurysm or something like a swelling in your blood circulation which causes more fast sounds and the blood flows in a different velocity so the body is very perceptive so usually we have to take these symptoms with some kind of a seriousness nobody comes to make a joke isn't it so if there is any symptom which is very diagnostic of this it's good to go to the maximum extent if there is a possibility of some kind of a changes in the blood circulation which can be picked up by either an ultrasound doppler or still higher if you want to go go for a mri angiogram which helps us to understand changes in the blood circulation of the patient okay now we'll come to some very common medical causes also what are the very common medical causes just a simple anemia what happens in anemia your hemoglobin is down when your hemoglobin level is down what happens is that your oxygen carrying capacity of your blood is reduced so a person is feeling little tired so the blood has less ammunition so it has less hemoglobin it flows with more force so that is called mm -hmm. as a hyperdynamic circulation which means the blood circulation is going with more force through the same vessel so that is perceived as a whoosh sound and it goes through so if you look at a simple cause like you know a hemoglobin test that can give us a clue if there is something like a anemia which can cause these kind of hyperdynamic sounds or sounds of a blood flowing with more velocity more speed which is again perceived as a distressing whoosh sound through the ears or through the head so that can be one reason other common reasons could be vitamin deficiencies vitamin b12 and vitamin d deficiencies are so so common with more and more of indoor activity and less of sun exposure the vitamin b12 levels when they plummet down it causes lot of changes in your myelin transmission your your neural system which has got a myelin coat and the neural transmission is highly facilitated with a good vitamin b12 levels and the drop in vitamin b12 levels can cause some amount of variation in your neural transmission and your neural symptoms which again may be perceived as some kind of you know abnormal sensation it's a very varied uh, spectrum of sounds which a patient may feel somebody may describe it so vividly that we are lost you know like there's there's such a big description of how all different kinds of sounds can come in your body or your ear or your head and that is another so one person might have whooshing and ringing and this all one after another at different times at different times but usually it will stick to 
one type of a sound which the person classically describes it always increases when the person is in a silent zone now i'm hmm. sitting with lot of noise now the external noise masks this sound so i'm not able to perceive it but the classical fear will come when it's going to be night because when everything is silent this mild noise becomes terrible and irritating and sinister can even make me lose my sleep so mostly their fear or the description of symptoms comes when they are like you know so when it comes to the night i am gone this yeah. is very very troublesome in the night it can make me an insomniac because i am not able to sleep at all to do something for that so this is the one of the main uh, presenting symptom this is how we take them through different types of investigations to rule out drug history to rule out occupational history to rule out vascular causes to rule out neural causes to rule out a uh, hearing damage and also to rule out more dangerous things like brain aneurysms or nerve tumors or brain tumors in the brain stem which can cause these kind of abnormal sounds coexisting with other factors of course like giddiness imbalance and It's amazing how all of this is so connected in this. Yes. Doctor, a question. A person who doesn't have tinnitus in a quiet room will hear what? He won't hear anything. Why? Zero. Like likely be zero or there will be a ringing, there will be a side hum. Like what is it that the system so mild environmental sounds may be there. I don't think anything hmm. you should have more than routine environmental sounds in your vicinity which can be hmm. uh, sometimes pleasant. Sometimes if it's the barking of a dog, it can be irritating to you as well in the hmm. middle of the night but bottom line is that if you are uh, not suffering from tinnitus usually you have a undisturbed sleep you don't feel any kind of you know phantom noises during the late nights and early uh, mornings which is the maximum quiet time when you perceive these sounds to get exaggerated and disturbing in nature before coming into how we can how we can find ways of treating it and what we can do to solve it mm. i just wanted to understand so tinnitus is taking place like you said it disturbs sleep what are the other aspects of life have you noticed amongst your patients that it has disturbed or you know it affects does it affect a, a person mentally does it affect a person relationship wise how does it have you noticed that affecting people yes so stress is a very very common factor sometimes the patient themselves give us a pointer i have been very fine sir off late my office stress has increased and my tinnitus has increased so it manifests as a, a withdrawal symptom a, a stress symptom it reduces your efficiency it reduces your work performance it reduces your sleep more than anything else makes you drowsy and inactive and lethargic in the mornings or it makes you somewhat less eager to interact your bordering on you know sometimes depression people go into depression to the extent we have even used antidepressants as one of the treatment for it is an established treatment for tinnitus because it helps to improve your neural capacities so basically it is a an altered uh, social behavior if i may use if somebody see it depends from person to person some are brave hearts they'll suppress everything and move on with life there are some are the little more sensitive type who uh, you know exaggerate their symptoms and they allow those symptoms to take over their life so there again behavioral therapy also helps when we come to the part of uh, treatment strategies but basically it is disturbing to the extent it causes you a phobia to go into a room alone it can cause lot of interaction uh, problems it can cause poor work efficiency it can be 
a cause for your social withdrawal and many of these kind of social behavioral problems. So that was Dr. Vijay and we talked about tinnitus. Now in the next episode, we're going to discuss the things that you can do to solve it or prevent it. So stay tuned for the second episode. So start these habits and share with us your progress using the hashtag #TheHabitCoach. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Ashdin Doc on Twitter and Instagram. You can find lots more information on my website awesome180.com or check out different content on my YouTube channel called AWESOME180. That's Awesome 180.